Hi there, this is Robert Fleming, one of the partners at the Tucson, Arizona Elder Law Firm of Fleming & Curdy PLC. You're listening to Elder Law Issues, our weekly podcast about, well, elder law issues. I'm here with Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman, my friend, partner, co-host. And uh, Elizabeth, I thought uh, last week we talked about forms for healthcare powers of attorney, whether you could download the Arizona form and whether that made any kind of sense. And I thought this week maybe we'd talk about financial powers of attorney. Different animal, similar, however. Uh, is there a statutory form that an Arizona resident could download to do a financial power of attorney? No, not easily, Robert. There are forms for durable financial powers of attorney or a financial power of attorney and you'll see plenty of those that can be downloaded through different websites, but there is not a standard financial power of attorney that would be a form that you might find, say, on the Arizona Attorney General's website. That's very different than a healthcare power of attorney, and the Arizona Attorney General does have a statutory form that people can download on their website for a healthcare power of attorney. So they're two very different documents. You know, a little history, I can tell everybody that Years ago, when the healthcare power of attorney statute was new and young, the Arizona Attorney General's office put the form on their on their website so you could download it. And then, in an effort to be helpful, they also created a financial power of attorney and and put that on their website as well. And some of the attorneys in the Attorney General's office objected and and said to the to the head of the office, "Are you nuts?" We are forever trying to get money back from people who abuse financial powers of attorney. They are one of the most dangerous documents out there. You can't just be handing these things out like candy. And so within a matter of weeks after the form went online, it was taken off and has not gotten back on the Attorney General's website in the intervening years. That was, uh, that was quite a few years ago, and, and I think they learned their lesson. And the story is good, I think, because it illustrates how much more dangerous it is to have easy access to a simple form financial power of attorney. There's not one in the statute like there is for a healthcare power of attorney. And, uh, and, it, and it's really something that you ought to be talking to somebody about. And Robert, I would tell you that the areas where I see people get into trouble when they download a financial power of attorney form and start to use it is they vary wildly with what they'll include. So some of those forms might be 15 pages and they could include the kitchen sink, but they would have forget to include something like digital asset provision, which is now something that we include in our durable financial powers of attorney. Other financial powers of attorney that people may download online as a form could be a single page and they try and throw in the kitchen sink, but don't do a very good job of it. We see these forms all the time, Robert, and these, in many cases, people don't know until they're at the bank or working with the custodian on somebody's retirement account how many problems the forms can actually create if they're not completed properly. And oftentimes, they may be completed properly, but they're not valid because they haven't been executed properly. You know, when you mentioned going to the bank with your financial power of attorney, it reminds me that we probably ought to say, uh, no, you shouldn't try to download a form and get your mother to fill it out and, and sign it. 
that's a dangerous practice. But when you come to our office and we do a beautiful power of attorney and we carefully talk with, with you about what powers you want to give, when you take that to the bank, what's going to happen, Elizabeth? Well, they're going to say, oh, well, that's nice, but we have our own form. And every single banking institution, whether we're talking about a Wells Fargo or Bank of America or BBVA, is going to have their own financial power of attorney, just like any other larger financial custodian that you might be used to working with online, for instance, like a Schwab or Vanguard will have theirs. And what we tell people is, please try and resist completing the bank's form. Again, it's not as complete as the form that you can have created by an attorney. And more often than not, when people create a form at a bank, they fill it out, they forget that the form that the bank will give you is only effective as to their institution. It's not a form you can take to a different institution and show them your authority to help your mother or your spouse with assets. I can't tell you how often I have seen a power of attorney that was carefully considered and prepared for a person who is now a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit demanded they're early in their, in, in their slide into being unable to manage their affairs. The power of attorney maybe names their daughter as the agent, and when the son comes to town and, uh, and visits, um, ends up taking mom to the bank and getting a new power of attorney that names the son because he happens to be sitting there and that sets up a a huge family fight. So, um, you know, I agree with you, Elizabeth. I think people ought not get their legal advice from bank tellers. Frustrating as it is, um, trying to deal with banks, that's a frustration that, that we can take off of many people's plates. And Robert, when we talk to people about a financial power of attorney, a lot goes into the conversation. One of the most important questions is whether or not you want that document to be immediately effective. Do you want it to be an effective document that your agent can take to the bank that day, despite the fact that you may have full capacity and be able to spell your name backwards and recite all of the, you know, all of the letters in the alphabet 10 times? The question for many people is whether they want to have somebody else have authority currently to transact business and financial matters on their behalf, or whether they want to require something like a doctor's note, a showing of incapacity, a showing that they can no longer manage assets themselves before somebody else can step in. Now, that is one of the bigger questions that we talk to people about, and these forms that people will sign at banks often don't address that. Yeah, so you're going to be asked to sign the form at the bank. Just be geared up for that. It's going to happen. Again, try to resist. Try to get them to use the power of attorney that, that we prepared for you or some lawyer prepared for you. And uh, and try to get them to, to note that. One of my favorite things is uh, maybe we did a power of attorney giving you the power to act on your mom's behalf 10 years ago. Mom is now completely demented or, or has had a stroke and is in a, a rehab center or something, unable to communicate. You go to the bank to use your power of attorney. What does the bank say? Oh, bring your mom in. Oh my gosh, that makes me so angry when that happens. So try to resist it. Try to keep pushing forward and using your power of attorney that was carefully drafted 
um, rather than, than using their form. But expect them to try to insist on getting their form done. Hey, Elizabeth, we're Arizona lawyers. Are these rules different in different states? Yes, Robert, they are. We do get questions often if somebody's created a financial power of attorney with our office and they're, let's just say they're on a summer vacation or they're traveling internationally and they're doing business and and they need something done in Arizona or another state or another country, they'll ask whether or not the financial power of attorney can be used in a different state. That is a different question. So a financial power of attorney created in Arizona and what we're talking about today evolves around what the laws in Arizona are. So the powers of attorney we create here at Fleming and Curdy are valid under Arizona law. That does not mean though that they can't be used in a different state or a different territory. You just need to remember if you create a financial power of attorney in Arizona, maybe you'll take it to Kansas or maybe you would take it to Aruba or you're in Singapore. It's going to be valid in that other state or country or province, but whether or not it will cover all of the terms of those laws is an open question that we can't provide you advice about. There may be laws in that particular state or place that could conflict with the terms of the Arizona financial power of attorney, which is one of the reasons that we tell people if you are moving out of state, it's great that you have a valid Arizona financial power of attorney, but please go talk to somebody in the new place where you move to see what you should create there to make sure that you're covered. I usually tell clients that the the truth is the law of wills and trusts is pretty similar state to state, and your documents are probably pretty effective to accomplish the same thing. But powers of attorney are actually different state to state. That's the one place in, in our practice area where the state laws differ quite a bit. So our opening question, and let's circle back to it, Elizabeth, I want to get a power of attorney online. I want to save those big legal fees that I, that I just don't seem necessary to me to get a simple document to sign it. Where do I get an online power of attorney? And is that an okay way to, to get my mom to give me a power? Please don't download forms like this online and complete them. It's really not sufficient. We discourage it for a bunch of reasons. It can end up causing a lot of headache and heartache at a later date if they're not properly completed. They may be completed properly, but they may not be signed in a way that makes them valid. So please hesitate. You can certainly do it, but we really advise against it. With that advice, let's wrap it up. You've been listening to me, Robert Fleming, and my partner, friend, co-host, Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman. This is Elder Law Issues, the weekly podcast of the Tucson, Arizona elder law firm of Fleming and Curdy PLC. And we hope that you enjoy us talking about elder law issues and you will come back next time.